Blog Talk Radio. And I Thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today our guest is Wendy Eller. Wendy Eller leads patient advocacy and marketing insights at Wave Life Sciences. Wendy is passionate about working with the Huntington's disease community and meeting HD families. She shares profound, the profound sense of urgency with all of us that we need new therapies and treatments soon. Um, I got. I was lucky enough to fly to Boston. I uh, can't even believe it was over a year ago to meet Wendy and her team at Wave, and the passion and dedication that they have um, to finding therapies for diseases like Huntington's disease is amazing. I actually was able to get up and speak about my family and also help for HD. And I looked out in the audience, and people were crying. Um, so they really feel over there the urgency and. I love Wendy. She is a, I just think she is an amazing person. So I'm excited to have her on the show today. Um, she, learned, she earned her MBA from St. Joseph University and her BA from Miami University. So I will jump right in the show. Thank you for coming on with us today, Wendy. Thank you, Katie. Yeah, and let's start by just telling us a little bit about you and your role at WAVE. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for listening in today. As Katie said, I lead patient advocacy at WAVE Life Sciences. We'll talk a little bit more about WAVE in a minute, but my role is focused on listening to all of you, truly listening to the HD community, bringing back your insights and informing the work we are doing. An example of this is to really focus in on our clinical trial design and what do patients need to be successful in a clinical trial? How can we accommodate patients, their families, their caregivers? or something around better understanding support services we need to develop for families as we go through our clinical development plan. We have a large team dedicated to working in the labs on clinical development, regulatory, and more. Having input from the community guides all of this work, and I have the privilege of really driving bringing that input back into WAVE. So thank you, and every time I reach out to the HD community, we get really helpful and a lot of input. Yeah, I'm sure everyone really definitely wants to tell their story, and there's such a desperate need for therapies and treatment. So, and we're just we are just so thankful that Wave listens to us and and um, and hears our stories. Um, so, can you explain more to us about Wave, its mission, and what disease the therapeutics are being developed at Wave? Sure. At Wave, we're inspired by patients and driven by science to tackle challenging genetic diseases. Our goal is to develop transformational therapies. And what that means is we want to develop therapies that actually impact the root cause of disease and to um, focus our approaches on really creating meaningful treatments that will help patients. 
This is our focus every single day. In pursuit of this goal, we employ unique insights and an innovative approach to traditional oligonucleotide development. If it's okay with you, Katie, I'll go on for a little bit and talk specifically about what we're doing in HD. Um, for Huntington's disease, we're able to use our proprietary technology for what is called allele silencing. In HD, we've developed an investigational antisense oligonucleotide and a way to target specific SNPs to lower mutant Huntington and leave wild-type Huntington relatively untouched. It's super cool science. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Our most advanced programs at WAVE are in HD, Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which is a pediatric neuromuscular disease, ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, and frontal temporal dementia, which is an um, early form of Alzheimer's. We have started two clinical trials in Huntington's disease and one in Duchenne, so all three of those studies were initiated in 2017, and the ALS and FTD trials are expected to start at the end of this year. Yeah, and so that so let's talk about the SNPs because I know that that was part of one of the studies, right? Is is seeing if um, someone with HD has that specific SNP. So can you explain that to us and what that means? Sure. And everyone, bear with me for a minute because this is a little bit of um, science, but it's really important because it's what makes the wave approach to treating Huntington's disease so um, specific and personalized. But WAVE is developing, as I said, stereopure oligonucleotides. So what is an oligo? It's a short stretch of DNA or RNA that has been modified to enter our cells and custom built to bind to a specific sequence found on RNA. The binding of an oligonucleotide to a specific strand of RNA tricks the cell into destroying the RNA and not translating it into protein. Oligos are also sometimes called antisense, antisense oligonucleotide, oligo, or ASO. Those terms are all interchangeable, and you'll hear a lot about oligos as this course of treatment at WAVE continues to develop and other programs in Huntington's disease. What's unique about WAVE's approach to treating HD is that we're able to selectively target the mutant Huntington and leave the healthy Huntington relatively untouched. Now to Katie's question, which really is, how do we do this? To make new cells, an existing cell divides in two. But first, it copies its DNA so the new cells will each have a complete set of genetic instructions. Cells sometimes make mistakes during the copying process. You can think of it like a typo. These typos lead to variations in the DNA sequence at particular locations, and these are called single nucleotide polymorphisms, or SNPs. There are about 10 million SNPs in the human genome. Therefore, SNPs are normal variations in the DNA between people. Most of them don't impact our health at all. People carry SNPs that give them certain traits, such as red hair or a dislike for the taste of cilantro. If you have any friends that kind of turn up their noses at cilantro because it tastes like soap, that's as a result of that friend carrying a specific SNP. In Huntington's disease, there are some SNPs that are more frequently found on the mutant Huntington gene than the healthy Huntington gene. So the association between SNPs and mutant Huntington opens a possibility for therapies to target and selectively lower just the mutant Huntington. You can think about it like a GPS marker. The specific SNP tells our drug where to target. Since the SNP is found on the mutant Huntington gene, the drug that we're developing is called allele-specific and works to lower only the mutant Huntington. 
The particular SNPs we use do not impact HD progression or symptoms at all. So what Katie was referring to is we actually have another study open in the U.S. at seven sites that's called an observational study. And people with Huntington's disease have gone into those sites and enrolled in this trial and had a blood test to determine if they carry SNP1 or SNP2. The purpose of this first study was really to assess the prevalence of each of these SNPs and confirm data that we had that we think will be able to actually help about 70% of HD patients with the first two SNP-targeted therapies. So that observational study is separate from the clinical trial that we're also running that is actually testing our drug. Yeah, and this is, it's so amazing, like our body, this is, it, you know, I, I've always kind of wondered, because you have this healthy allele and this, this, you know, unhealthy allele, and what happens when you're targeting both? And, um, you know, this has been a question that's come up with our community a lot when we've talked about silencing and things, where what is going to happen if we, if we mess with that healthy allele and, um, and you know, because we know we need these to survive. And so um, my very unscientific brain uh, thinks about what happens when we mess with health, like the healthy part. Um, and so I, the one thing I think that is cool about, and, and you know, that will, that's going to show over time what happens, because um, I think that it's going to, a lot of these are going to move forward where it targets both alleles, but, um, and, and hopefully nothing happens. But I think that it, I think it's really cool that this is kind of different where you are actually targeting, targeting the unhealthy allele, um, which I think is, is, is super interesting and, and brilliant science behind it to be able to think who that person was that figured that out. Um, so that, that's And, you pretty, know, Katie, I amazing. agree. And this is truly the first personalized medicine approach, if you think about it. Um, so you patients have to be HD positive and carry the HD gene, and then they have to have the SNP, and the drug will only work if they carry one of these particular SNPs, and that makes it personalized medicine. And so, you know, we're mm-hmm. really trying to develop targeted therapies. Yeah, yeah, which I think is really the future of medicine. So this is really cutting-edge science. Um, uh, it's definitely it's definitely exciting. So um, I think a lot of people have a have a – we, we always talk about the cure versus the treatment and the therapy. One thing I want to make clear is that, that, that we'll take anything, right? We, we want a treatment, we want a therapy, and ultimately we want a cure. But So let's talk about the research being conducted. Is it a treatment or is it considered a cure? So as frustrating as my answer is going to be for everybody, we just don't know. We are in the early stages mm-hmm. of our research and clinical development, and our strategy, as we said, is to lower mutant Huntington and leave the wild-type healthy Huntington relatively untouched. We are clearly developing a treatment, but we're not really sure. We don't have any information back yet on efficacy and safety, so we can't comment any more than that. Um, we can tell you that our preclinical work and all of our studies before we went um, into patients and started the trial in people indicate that there's something here and, and a good reason to move forward. So we're very optimistic about the research path. Yeah. So, um, and, and I, you know, I was in Boston and I, I got the, uh, I, uh, the opportunity to go back into where they are, they're, put them, this probably messed us up, but where they're actually putting the cells and they're watching them and they light up all these beautiful colors. They're gorgeous. Um, and I guess they're not cells. They're, are they cells? Yeah, what you saw was the cells. The cells, yeah. And, I mean, it's just so amazing. And I just think, that, you know, the, the scientists that were back there and, 
they're just brilliant. I, I think it's Wave has an amazing team out there. Um, but let's let's talk about how people know if they carry either SNF. How would how so is that this, determined? Okay, so um, right now the only way to know if you carry one of these two SNPs that we're specifically targeting to start with is. Um, as part of being screened for the WAVE clinical trial. So there isn't a commercially available test. But the process, people who are being screened for the WAVE clinical trials will have a blood test, and then that blood test will come back and tell us if they carry SNP1 or SNP2, or some people actually carry both. And the presence of these SNPs, as I said, has no impact on the diagnosis of HD or the course of disease. It's not related to, you know, how many CAGs. So it's really just an indicator of eligibility for either one of the first two drugs that we're studying. Mm-hmm. How interesting that someone may carry both. Yeah, so that's why that's between those two carry SNP1 and SNP2 and the overlap of people who have both, we think that we'll be able to help about 70% of HD patients with these first two SNP trials. Sure. Yeah, and and not to get carried away and like go too much in the future, but is there is there a if it's SNP one and SNP two, if those if this treatment is found, um, you know that it is it is a good. It's um, oh my gosh, why am I why am I blanking? Like, today is one of those days. If it shows <laughs> that it that it works, um, uh, does it, is there um a ch- is there a chance that you that Wade would go forward and look at other SNPs as well? Yes, I can make that commitment wholeheartedly, that that's our commitment is to being able to help the entire HD community. So we're starting with the two SNPs that are thought to be the most prevalent so we can help the most people right out of the gate. Perfect. Okay. And what phase is the research in, and can you explain how the process works to get the treatment to bedside, which we know is a very long process? (laughs) It is a long process, but it's a really important process, and I can only imagine the frustration that you all must feel and how long it takes. But right now, the clinical trials process in general tests potential treatments for patients, and the first step is to see whether they're safe and effective and should eventually be approved for use in the wider population. And a treatment can be a medicine, a medical device, a vaccine, or even gene therapy. Clinical trials are such an important part of the drug development process and getting new products made available to people. It's generally required that by regulatory authorities that you do a very robust clinical trial plan. There's some unique differences in rare and orphan diseases where programs can move a little bit more quickly. So for example, our first study is a phase 1B2A study. So we've essentially combined phase one and phase, the early part of phase two, with the hopes that we'll be able to accelerate that time frame and get these drugs um, through the clinical trial process and ultimately approved and available for everybody who's eligible. And our um, clinical trial program is called Precision HD, and each study is Precision HD1 or Precision HD2. The main focus of this first phase 1B2A trial is safety and tolerability. And in these studies, we'll have approximately 50 patients per study. Right now, they are the trial is open in Canada and Europe, and we're working on getting um, studies open in the U.S. We're in that process now.
Wendy, are you there? Yeah. Did I lose you? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Yeah, the blog talk cut me off, so I'm talking, and it's not allowing me to talk. <laughs> it decided it was going to let you do the show all on your own. I'm so sorry. So, okay. A little, so, a little uh, heads up would have been helpful. <laughs> I know. I was sitting there talking away, and then I'm realizing no one can hear me. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so back to the, the clinical trial. So I lost you a little bit on there, but so where – so. I'm sorry if we're repeating, but so where no, so are I'll, we like in the clinic? I'll summarize. We have two phase 1B, 2A trials open. Right now we're open in Canada and Europe, and we are planning to open in the U.S. as well. That process is ongoing. Um, there are, in addition to being screened for SNP1 or SNP2, there are additional screening steps that are necessary before eligibility for the trial is determined. And so that's all okay. part of the clinical trial screening process. And then these early data um, will actually inform how fast we can move forward with additional studies. That's fantastic. So does that mean actual patients are enrolled in Canada and Europe? Yes. Oh, my gosh, that's so fantastic. And then here, now as far as the SNP trials going on here, the study, now is that closed? Have you guys, is that a closed study? So we have seven sites in the U.S., and patients have enrolled yeah. at each of them, and their um, blood samples are being analyzed and reported back as we speak. It takes a little bit of time to get the blood test results back. Centers um, have reached out to patients themselves that they want to come in, so I'm not exactly sure how many are at each center. We're also trying to be really careful that we don't have a lot of people at one center and then not be able to enroll them in the study later. So we're, we're trying to be really thoughtful about how we execute this. But we've gotten a lot of data back, and thus far um, we're seeing what we expected as far as the prevalence of SNP1 and SNP2. Fantastic. Okay, and so how and how promising is the research that you guys are doing? Obviously, you guys feel it's incredibly promising, or else you wouldn't be moving forward, I would imagine. Um, but do you think it has the potential to reach bedside, in your opinion? So um, the short answer is yes. We're very convinced that this science is very strong. Our um, early preclinical data informed our decisions to move forward with these first studies. We're really committed to the Huntington's disease community, and you know we're working hard to learn as much as we can, as quickly as we can, to be able to move forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you guys had some exciting, a very exciting press release come out uh, yesterday, I believe it was. So can you tell our listeners about that? Yeah, so thank you, because that was exciting for us. We issued a press release yesterday announcing that we have um, entered into a strategic partnership with a large pharmaceutical company called Takeda. And one of the reasons I'm especially excited about this beyond the um, financial transaction that goes along with a deal like this is that Takeda is a very patient-focused organization and very um, much share the same commitment we do to thinking about patients first and foremost. But in this um, agreement, Takeda will have the option to co-develop and co-commercialize um, some of our nucleic acid investigational therapies at WAVE, including HD. We, WAVE is going to lead the clinical development timeframe, and so you're still going to um, work very closely with WAVE, but we'll have a bigger partner to help us make sure we can execute when the time comes. So we're very excited about it. Yeah, that's fantastic news. Um, so we'll first thank you for coming on the show, Wendy, and, and um, always being so 
so, you know, when we ask Wendy to show up at, at an event to speak to the patients or, or do anything, she is always there for us and shows up. Um, I think Wave is an, an amazing company, and I think that they have an amazing person within you, and I think you're perfect for patient advocacy and insight because um, you care, and, and I think we're very lucky to have you. Um, I'm so glad we all had the chance to meet you and become friends with you. And, um, and so any last thoughts with us today uh, before we wrap up the show? Well, I really appreciate your comments, but I, I want to make sure everyone knows that for me, this is a complete privilege. I can't tell you how HD has imprinted on my heart, and um, I really I can't begin to imagine the pain and the hardship of this journey, but I'm committed to making it as much better as we possibly can. And at WAVE, we truly share your urgency and focus on having a meaningful treatment for HD. We appreciate the opportunity to work alongside you to get to know you and your family's stories and to share your hope. Um, I can personally be reached at patientadvocacy at wavelifeside.com. Um, that email goes right to me. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. And if any of you are in the Boston area, we'd love to welcome you to WAVE, too, so you can see what we're doing. Yes, and if you are in the Boston area, go. It will change. It's so it's so cool being at their facility and the people you'll meet from the CEO to the scientists to the you know everyone there uh, will welcome you with open arms and they are a great team. Um, so we are very lucky that they took a focus on HD. Um, I think we can wrap up the show. Thank you so much, Wendy, and hopefully we will see you soon. Um, and just to let everyone in, let everyone know next week, same time, same place, we will have HDO on with us, and they will be talking about um, their summer camp this year in San Diego, which is really excited. It's exciting. They're coming to California. So they will give you guys all the information on how to register and how to get your young uh, people affected and impacted by HD involved. Um, so that will be a fun show. So until then, we will talk to you guys all next week, and have a safe night. <laughs>